Konnichiwa. How do y'all? I'm Leslie. I'm Laurie. And welcome, welcome to, to Sumo Kaboom, where we talk about all things sumo. Yep, and this week we are finally getting to the dead man rule or the dead body rule, something that we've all had a bunch of questions about in the sumo world. Right, right. But first, let's have a little news flash. Guess who got married again? Hmm. Takayasu for the third time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to the same woman. <laughs> the third one was, again, 700 people. I mean, it was a huge banquet in a hotel in Tokyo with another fancy cake that was like a story tall. But this one, when, this one I really enjoyed because I saw some of his footage from his mother. You know, his mother is like always online and she's yeah. always up to like just posting all kinds of things. Yeah. Thank goodness for Takayasu's mom on yeah. Instagram. Thank you. Yeah. Because she's great. But she... Yeah. And if you want to know who she is, y'all, and how to follow her, just email us. We'll tell you. Exactly. But they entered to, I think, only you. And then they, they had Unchained Melody going on as they entered into the room. I mean, you get a sense that these two are like from a different era. They like old music. They like old folk music. They're just cut from a different cloth. I'm glad they found each other. But again, another huge wedding. So a huge loss for you personally. For me personally. But I figured if he's married this woman three times, I really don't have a shot anymore. Yeah, I should yeah. just give it up and move on. Yeah. Tochi Notion has now retired. As we all know, he has his haircutting sub- ceremony set for February 4th, I believe. And he was interviewed this week. And he is starting a company with a friend called Royal Georgia. He's not the president of the company. He's like, no, I'm just an employee. But it is a friend of his that he set this up with. And Georgia has a lot of honey and wine that doesn't have preservatives in it. And also like the exchange of goods between the two countries. He's planning on living in Japan, not going back to Georgia only a little bit, but living in Japan in the future. And right now he's lost 30 kilograms, which I think is like 66 pounds. It's like something nuts. And he still shows up at the stable and he still works out and he still lends his chest. And I think he was interviewed and and what he responded with, they were asking him, what's his life like as a retired wrestler? And he's like, it's kind of the same as before because he shows up like five days a week to like practice with the guys. He's moving on. He's excited to cut his hair so he can show he can shampoo it. Wait, do they not shampoo their hair? Well, I think they do but most of the time they take it down and they uh they have sand in their hair even when they get it done you can see the sand still in there and that fine tooth comb gets out the sand most of it and then they put more wax on it so he well yeah but okay if we have any you don't get it done you don't shampoo every day if if we have any ex ricochet out there tell us how often they are washing their hair i want to know like once a week once a month yeah who knows we'll have to ask a birthday for now the oldest rikishi, Aoyama. And this was noteworthy because he was holding a jar of peach jelly. And that was his favorite gift that he got from all of his admirers. And I thought, aha, mm. he is a jam and jelly fan. And mm. I thought, well, well, well. There's your in. There's my in. He said he was saving it. It was his favorite one that he got from a, from his acquaintances. And I thought, well, has he had my bourbon peach vanilla Ah. jam no so i just might think about sending something to aoyama he's 37 you all that's crazy old for the sumo world but he's still hanging in there and we like to see it he doesn't need a walker yet so that's good not yet that's great so that is all i've got from the news
So this weekend, we had a little bit of a chance to do the commentary for the Dallas Sumo Club's Cowboy Cup. Second annual. That's right. This time held indoors. Thank you very much. That's right. Because last year, what was it? It was like 107 (laughs) in the shade. It was hot. It was so hot, y'all. Oh, man. I think we all learned something. I didn't. I wasn't there. But you learned something is that yep. there's no need to ever do a sumo tournament no. in Texas outdoors. In June. In June no. when it's 107. Yeah. So we moved it indoors. I say we. That's the royal we. I wasn't involved in any of this. I just showed up to do a little commentary. I even showed up late. Thank you very much. Leslie was on time first thing in the morning yes. to do some commentary. And thank you for the people on the live stream. We know it was a little crazy. We had nothing to do with it. We just showed up and we're just like, what do you need us to do? Um, and we couldn't hear you or see you. And we thank you for your your kindness and your, your lighthearted jokes because... <laughs> Sometimes it takes a while to figure out the tech end of things. I realized about an hour in, I was like, I have no idea when my face is on camera. So I could be drinking something, picking my nose. I could be making a horrible face. And I had no idea for at least a solid hour, hour and a half that the camera was on me. I thought I was just doing the commentary for the entire room. So anyway, it was a very large event, and I will have to say it was um, nice to see a lot of our wrestlers that we see all over Texas and from further away. We had Kellyanne Ball and from California, and then we had Edobar, or Edobo as they call him, uh, win every single, basically. He didn't lose a match He didn't lose a match. He won the whole thing. He won all of sumo. (laughs) He won all of the Cowboy Cup sumo. Yeah, I mean, we had... Edibar Conyeha, right? Yeah, Edibar Conyeha. I mean, Caleb Backus, who won an award again. And there were people that we saw from all over again. And we love to see the spirit. We also had a, an injury that was really tough, uh, a broken broken leg from one of our wrestlers. And we're sending him some major good thoughts. And I think everybody uh, on the live stream and everybody else was wondering about him. And all we can say is that they took him to the hospital to get him all shaped up for hopefully some surgery to get his leg back together. And uh, we'll report if we hear anything other than that. It was like a really fun time. We had so many people. This was a FitCon event. So, or I don't know if it was FitCon, but Mm -hmm. it was like the Fit Games. And the whole room was full of just Zumba bodybuilding, which was like... Okay, yeah, we learned about modern day bodybuilding. If nothing else, we whenever we would take breaks, we'd walk around and then we would come back. And we whisper to each other, did you see the bodybuilding? Like, did you know that people still believed in fake spray on tans? Yeah. Like, well, apparently, extend? well, apparently the fake tan is like, there's a real reason Yep. is it shows the definition more in your muscles. But I've always seen bodybuilding, but I've never really seen a tournament up close and personal, nor have I seen those people in the bathroom like I did coming and going. They're and a that different was... breed, aren't they? <laughs> I've never seen so many ladies walking around in high heels sparkly bikinis and thongs yeah and lots of lashes lots, and lots of, of sparkles lashes. yeah i was there for the sumo obviously but uh you i couldn't d- help but notice that and this the guy who did zumba at the front door there was one guy who from like 10 o'clock in the morning oh, to like yeah. six o'clock and i did not stop zumbaing yeah the guy that looked like Long one hair? of the dwarfs from um lord of the Rings. yeah lord yeah, of the, the second zumba trilogy dwarf. yes that's that's who he was <laughs> and he was amazing he was bringing Zumba it. elves. Yeah. Or... But there was also like people lifting heavy weights, weightlifting, like people throwing heavy things over bars, lots of people walking around in kilts. It was just as intriguing as last year's Cowboy Cup that had jousting next door. <laughs> it is 
It is one of the most unusual events the, ever. The most like variety of body types you'll ever see in one yeah. space. Yeah. But people were totally intrigued by sumo, too. I mean, they love the heavyweights because I, for me... Everybody I, loves the heavyweights. I mean, it's like monster trucks. It's just like big collisions. Like, how can you not enjoy that? But, um, but great job putting on a great tournament. Thank you to everyone who participated, who got a medal and who didn't. Thank you for having us. And thank you for everyone who watched and had a little bit of patience watching us try to get all of that uh, going. It is an amazing feat, like trying to get all that technical stuff up and going getting the wrestlers going and getting the graphics and all that. It's nuts. Speaking of major props to Corey Morrison at Dallas Sumo Club because he's behind these local events and he keeps putting them on. I don't know how he does it. There's so much work behind the scenes. So thank you, Corey, for continuing to do that. That's right. So we should probably jump to your segment. Wait, before we do, one thing. I learned about a resource that I hadn't known about before. Oh, yeah. Sumo 411. It is a database of all of the events in American sumo. They're hoping to start putting some international events on a calendar. It's basically just a calendar of sumo events. Right. So if you are somebody doing sumo at your local club and you want to know how to get together with other sumo people, go to Sumo 411 online and look for an event. Right. What you can do is just reach out to us, email us at uh, Gmail, and we will connect you up with the right person if there's not a contact us on the Sumo 411. And you can let them know about the tournaments or your local stuff so that A, we can put it on the air for you, but also B, we can have it put up on that Sumo 411 website so you can have an idea of what tournaments are coming up and how to prepare. All right. The dead body rule. Okay, put yourself in the mindset of the last Basho. Okay, May okay. 2023. Okay. okay. Day 14, Ura versus Kotonawaka. Now, I don't know, I don't know if you remember this fight, but it was a really long match. And at the end of this long match, both guys were, were objectively exhausted. Okay. Their arms were wrapped awkwardly around each other's shoulders. And there was, they were just kind of jostling for the best the best purchase, I guess. Okay. And they were chest to chest and Ura pulled down on Kotonawaka's arm and left shoulder and ran backwards at the same time. Okay. When this happened, Kotonawaka pushed and lunged forward as he appeared to be going down to the clay onto his belly and Ura leapt straight up and back at the edge, flying out of the ring in one huge jump. Kotonawaka's body hit the clay first right. before Ura's feet touched down outside of the ring. Right. And the win was given to Ura. But, right. which seems pretty clear, right? Kotonawaka right. went down first. But there was a Manoi, and the decision was reversed. And the win was given to Kotonawaka. Right. Even though he hit the ground first. I know. I do remember going, is this favoritism? Oh, you thought he was robbed. Yeah. I thought, well, Kota Nawaka, I was like, was his dad one of the shimpans that day for that match? <laughs> and, right. And yeah. I was like, I know we all love Kota Nawaka, but we also see so much potential in him. And I was like, wait a second. Wait a Anybody second. Anybody else, they would be like, oh, just Tori Naoshi, or it is as, as it is. But the fact that they looked into it, like, when to me didn't seem like... It, it just seemed weird. There's something about yeah. it was just like, why are they looking so hard into this? 
and making an exception. Yeah. So in general, the rules of sumo are the first sumo wrestler to touch any body part outside the ring or have any part of his body other than the soles of his feet touch the ground loses. So what happened here in this fight? And that that's clearly not what happened. Clearly. And right. if you're thinking, like Leslie, huh? Like, why? What? Huh? What? What gives? All right. So and, you're... And what day this was this? Day 14. Right. So Kota Nawaka, what was his... They were both... It was... It was... They were high stakes. Yeah, it was high stakes. Were they going Like, Uro had to win... Two days in a row. One of them was avoiding Makikoshi. They were both almost at seven and seven. Okay. Almost. Okay. So it was a high stakes match. Okay. Okay. Yes, okay. Both of them needed to win. Right. That right? was another factor of like, yes. why is this happening? Kota Nawaka, I think, had to have a win or he was going to have a Makikoshi. And Ura had another couple days. Yeah. So it was a high stakes. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. And and people were were not very happy about it. I saw it all over the boards. People were like, what the heck? So what happened? I'm going to tell you what happened. There's a little exception to normal sumo rules called shinitai. I think that's how you say it. Of course, like all Japanese, I'm not exactly sure. Shinitai. Yeah. Shinitai. 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 Okay. Right literally means dead body or dying body. So maybe, okay. yeah, if you were to come up on a murder scene. You'd be like, that guy's a little shinny tie. Shinny tie. <laughs> <laughs> Except that it is a term used to describe a wrestler who wasn't the first to fall or touch outside the ring, but who had no chance of winning owing to the superior technique of his opponent and his falling position. In other words, that was a lot of jargon. In other words, the guy who lost because he was in a position from which it is impossible to fight. Unrecoverable. Yes. Is, is that a word? Sure. I've been making up words lately. But yeah. then... Um, but who doesn't? We all do. It's a beautiful thing. It's true. I did make up a word the other day and my boyfriend was like, that's not a word. And then it rattled me so much that I looked it up and I was like, it is a word. Ooh. You're the idiot now. <laughs> not me. Nana, and I was Nana. like, oh, you mean I've been using this word like like confidently for all these years and I've been making up a word? And then he had to eat. Yeah, equal, well, that would be because twice as funny if it was confidently. <laughs> well, right. I, but I was like, I was pretty sure this is a word. I was like, I'm smarter than I than I'm you here. think. <laughs> I'm here. That is a word, and it's not that crazy of a big word, but it's a word. Um, but then I I proceeded to move on and say a whole bunch of other made up words. So and confidently. So who knows? But who knows? Who knows? But. So you will often hear people say things like, oh, it was the dead body rule. It was the, you know, that's what happened here, the dead body rule. It's, we shouldn't really call it a rule because it is more of an exception to the normal rules of sumo. And it, it doesn't happen often, but it does happen. And when this term is invoked, it's almost always a close match. Mm -hmm. And every single time people get up in arms and start yelling, wait a minute, who judged that favoritism? I bet it's the same Hanka people. The people who like <laughs> hate a Hanka. Well, it's not it's, honorable. It has been us. In times past, it has been us. Yeah. Right? I remember, just yes. as you said, you were like, what's going on? Right. Yeah. People will oftentimes yell a string of curse words, right? Because, right. and for a very good reason, because it looks, it looks like the other guy yeah, should have Yeah, you're won. like, my eyes are not deceiving me. This yeah. guy stepped out. But then the other guy 
true. Like, he's a dead body in that completely horizontal position. Yeah, but the other guy touched down first. Right. Like, what's, what the, the heck? The other guy standing up uh, could, in the air, reverse his... <laughs> momentum and the other guy like couldn't if you're if you're horizontal and you're three inches from the ground you have no way of recovering yeah there's a problem (laughs) okay so here's my best outsider's explanation of what is happening and this is after doing some google searching and reading some articles and watching watching some old videos okay i keep wanting to call this shinny tai tai you can like, call it shinny tai tai. It's kind of a cousin of the mai tai. That's what I keep thinking of. I'm like he's got a little shinny tai tai going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The shinny tai. Okay. The first thing you have to remind yourself is that normal rules do not apply. This is one of those times when normal sumo rules don't apply. Just like when hair is pulled, weird things happen in right. the sumo ring. This is a weird thing. Okay. This is a weird thing. You just have like, to. Only if you're on the inside can you really understand. Can you it. really see? Right? Yeah. From far away, we'd be like, "What? Somebody's hair just got pulled. Why is that such a big deal?" It's a big deal in sumo. It's an exception. Right. It's a weird or like thing. the fingers are in the hair, but they're not curled fingers. Curled fingers in the hair is a right. hair pull. Fingers in the hair and your hand displayed is usually okay. Usually okay unless it gets tangled, which you can't control. Yeah, it's a weird thing. It's an exception. Yes. So number two, when weird things happen and it's a close call, this is what you have to know. When a mono e is called, all those guys in black ropes, they all huddle together in the center of the doyo and they're all working their hardest to make the correct call. And they're not doing it alone. They are connected wirelessly. There must be like an earpiece that they're all wearing. Yeah, they do wear earpieces. Yeah. And they're connected to two other guys who are re-watching the bout in slow motion, yeah. on a camera. Otherwise, the other guys are just going from Memory. what I think my brain saw or yeah, what my yeah, eyes yeah. saw in that so moment. So they are going from what they saw, and they see a lot more than we do, but they are connected to someone who is watching a camera to make double sure of their call, right? Which, so there's double checking. Do you know the history of that? Of why? Let me, Please tell let me. me. Let me explain to you when they added the instant replay. So there have been a number of controversial calls. Now, this is straight from sumowrestlingfandom.com. But there was a fight. This is uh, Yokozuna Taiho. So Oho's grandpa. Mm-hmm. is. This is 1969 March. And he was in a wrestling match uh, with a rank-and-file wrestler named Toda. Now, Toda pushed Taiho to the edge of the, of the dojo, but they both went out tumbling simultaneously. The Gyoji awarded it to Taiho. There was a Manoe that was called, and the Gyoji's decision was overruled. And there was later photo and video evidence that showed that Toda's feet touched outside the dojo before Taiho's. Did I say that right? Yeah, you said that ta- they he gave it to Taiho. They gave it to Taiho. But yeah, there was a mono And then the other guy's feet touched down outside, so it should have gone to Taiho. Right, but the Gyoji's decision was overruled. So that's when they went back and looked at the evidence that showed Toda's feet touched down outside the doyo. And then there was so much public like hub, hub, hubbub about it that... Wait, oh, Taiho's feet touched down or Toda's feet? Toda's feet. Which would make Taiho the winner. No, wait. I don't know. <laughs> this is what happens when I read. <laughs> There's often a comprehension issue. <laughs> well, Taiho ended up, I think, 
the decision was overruled. It's basically after the Manawi, the, the decision was overruled. It was reversed. So it, the win went to Toda. The problem okay. was this was the ending of Taiho's 45 match winning streak. Oh, that was a big deal. Yeah. And it created such anger. And that's when they were like, oh, yeah, you're going to mess with our, our Yokozuna's 45 match winning streak. We will add the video replays. Ah. And they were introduced after that incident. So Toda got the win because the Manoe was like, well, five guys being like, this is what I remember. Right. Right. So Taiho should have been 46, 47. Who knows? He could have. Who knows how far he could have gone. Okay. Yeah. But that's a great point because there are lots of people watching sumo who are passionate sports fans and they are watching closely and they want the correct call right right and those guys it sounds like they used to only rely on their memory and their expertise and their understanding of sumo but now they have added the replay to that and they are trying to make the correct call and they they pay such close attention to who is moving forward who is moving backward and who is leading the action right and often they are determining who won in desperation situations. And they are trying to decide, was that a desperation move or was that an official technique? Was he in control ah, or not? Right. That's the that's a real big question. Who was in Was it control? a Hail Mary? Yes. Or was it intentional? Exactly. Although a okay. Hail Mary is intentional. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but just think desperation move. Right. Who was who was in desperation, uncontrollable, and might have gotten in, lucky? Yes, and who was in control, even though it was at the last minute? Yeah. Who was in control? Okay. So, so let me give you some examples. Let's say, okay, if Tochi Ocean was still a wrestler, old Tochi, he old was Tochi. really good at picking people up by the stinky mawashi, as he often did, and walking. <laughs> Which we them. learned by watching the Doskoi Yeah, if salon. y'all if y'all have not watched that mawashi, like 45, 50 minutes I on watched the mawashi, all of it. I did too. It was fascinated that Loved they it. said that it smells like a, a bunch of mawashi smells like the Inside center of a gym, gym mat, <laughs> and I was like, oh, perfect, yes, ooh, so. If he picked up someone, his by opponent, his gym by his smelling yes, mawashi, nasty mawashi, <laughs> and he walked forward to get that opponent out of the ring. And the let's say he totally had his opponent off the ground and they were wiggling, but Tochi Ocean didn't just stop at the edge. He actually stepped forward as he was placing his opponent out of the ring and he stepped out of the ring first mm-hmm. before his opponent touched the ground. Would that be a Tochi Ocean win? If he stepped out? If he stepped out first, but he was carrying carrying, his opponent. Oh. uh, I would say that he would be in control, so he would be the winner. This rule, this rule was made for situations like this, right? This rule, the dead man's rule, would be invoked here because his opponent was completely overpowered, right? His opponent's a dead body, essentially. So even though... Tochin Ocean stepped out first, he would be declared the winner. As long as both of his opponent's feet were in the air and Tochin Ocean was moving forward in clear control of the match, he would be the winner. 
right? So you you pick someone up. It's called a tsuridashi, right? That's right. the picking up of your opponent right. by the wedgie lift. And if you walk out first and you actually step out first, th- it happens. So they call it an okuriashi. Okuriashi. Yeah. So it would be a win by okuriashi, even though he stepped out first. Wait, explain that again? Right. So tsuridashi is when you lift someone mm-hmm. up. Right. So right. sometimes you'll hear a Suridashi win, right? Yeah. So they pick someone up by the belt. They actually stop in the ring and put the opponent outside of yeah. the ring. Like just dropping off yeah. trash. Suridashi. But when they accidentally step over. Right. And they step out first, it's Okuriashi. Okuriashi. Because ah. this rule came into effect because his opponent was a dead body. Right. <laughs> the Shinitai. And he was in complete control. Now, if Tochin Ocean did the exact same thing, picked up his opponent, but stepped backwards over the Tawada, he would lose Mm -hmm. because he's moving in the direction of his heels. He's going backwards, y'all, and he would not be in clear control of the match. Okay, so get this. Yeah. Also from sumowrestlingfandom.com. I swear all my information this week is from sumo wrestling fandom.com. Whoever whoever uh keeps that afloat, thank you. Thank you. There was this fight between Tochi Notion and Asanoyama, May 2019, where Tochi was pushed to the edge, but he was able to still push Asanoyama down. And the Gyoji awarded Tochi Notion the win because uh Asanoyama was headed down to the dirt, but then a Manawi was called and the head judge said that Tochi's heel was out. So they actually reversed it and gave Asanoyama the victory. And with photo and video evidence, Tochi Notion's heel was clearly not out. Oh, interesting. But it's interesting though, because if you think about that rule, he was going backwards. His heel actually didn't touch out but uh you're saying if he's going backwards and his heels he would have control or he would if the because it looked it, like asanoyama was de- he couldn't he's unrecoverable right. it depends on if the other person is in an unrecoverable position which he so, was asanoyama was so uh, well, we can continue to think about that one, but let me give you some more info. Maybe okay. this will help clear it up. Okay. So when the judges have a monoe, right, they can either declare a winner by saying, okay, here's the winning technique that they used. This person fell out of the ring or touched the ground first, right? That's the clear one. We're all like, yeah, we get that one, right? They could also declare one wrestler disqualified. So they can disqualify someone by saying he he pulled the hair right. or he poked someone in the eye or he punched right. someone. Right? right. So the other guy is the winner. Right. By they default. can they can declare a replay. Right. A do over or they can declare a winner by declaring that one wrestler was Shinitai and therefore Shinitai the opponent. Tai. Yeah. <laughs> and therefore his opponent won. So the explanation is usually that the winning wrestler used a specific technique to overpower his opponent and was in clear control of the match. So they grant him the victory regardless of whether he touched the ground first. Ah. So it has everything to do with who's being overpowered in their view. And who's more in control when they're both going and exactly. down or out. Exactly. 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 So, uh, gosh, there's all sorts of examples of this. Like the okay, the Tochin Ocean story of him picking up someone. Right. There's another. There's an example. I'm going to call this the dangerous pancake affair. Okay. 
account affair. The dangerous, the da- let's just call it the dangerous pancake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if a ricochet, let's say a ricochet is going to pancake another one. Yeah. Right. They're going to attempt to throw each other. Right. Okay. And the ricochet is pancaking someone else. Like a frontal crush out. Yeah. Kind of. And deal. they accidentally touch the ring with their hand, their own hand earlier than the body of the other wrestler contacts the ring, right? Got it, got it, got it. So that's called hand contact or a tsukite, right? Meaning the ricochet on top would lose because he touched the ground first, right? Right. Right. Clear, clear loss. But the other guy threw the through the technique uh, well, would be in let, more control. No. The other guy couldn't no, no, recover no. from being on his back, heading towards the dirt, being well, crushed. Right, right. Mm. But the the guy who's doing the pancaking, right. he's he loses control on the way down and touches the ground first right. to be like, oh, oh shit. I'm bracing right. myself. Right, I'm bracing myself, right? He would lose. Yeah. However, if on the way down... The ricochet is in the shinny type position. Okay. He, and if the judges conclude that the wrestler on top doing yeah. the pancaking landed on his hand so as not to hurt the opponent, oh, the situation is thus considered cushion hand. What? And in this case, the victory clearly goes to the wrestler on top. And this has happened before. So this was in 1972. Somebody had cushion hands? Yes. It sounds like a Kita- disease. I know. Kitano Fuji was declared the winner over Takano Hana, despite putting his hand down first. And there are pictures of this online. And it is really amazing because Kitano Fuji is flying forward, his chest going towards the dirt. He's got at least one foot in the air. Takano Hana is underneath him, knees buckled. He ver- He's holding on for dear life. He clearly can't do anything right. from this position. Right. But if... If it's very clear in the photo that if Katano Fuji had continued the pancake, right. his belly would have landed on Takanohana's head and neck, ah. and it would have been very dangerous. And so he put his hand down to keep that from happening. Right. And because that was clearly a good reason, right. the judges honored that and said, all right, you still won, even though your hand went down first. Oh, interesting. Because you were in control. You were nice. Yeah. And the other guy was not. Okay, that makes sense. So shinny tie, dead, dead body rule. So plus a little cushion hand. Yeah, a little cushion hand. <laughs> yeah. So another example of when this happens is when a really a, a wrestler pushes his opponent out of the ring with so much force that his opponent is still in the air at the time the winning ricochet either falls down right. or steps out because of his momentum. Right. Okay, that so makes sense. So that is what they, when they looked at the Ura Kotonawaka fight, that is what they saw. Uh. They saw Kotonawaka using so much force and being in more control than Ura was as he jumped upwards and back. That makes that, sense. That's what they saw. So, yeah, what I think is so interesting about it. But still, maybe it, a little preferential treatment well, the fact that they looked at it. <laughs> Who Cause, knows? Because you feel like half the other times they're like, they're just like, no, that guy's hand went down first, even though. I feel like those kinds of instances and those kinds of positions happen very frequently. They do. And questionable. I, I sort of get the idea that this exception to the rule is invoked just in those situations when it's really close. Okay. When it's super close. Right. 
yeah, then they might go, then they might start to like break it down and be like, okay, who was defeated and at what point? Right. Who was in control? Who lost control? Right. Like the Kimarite is the name of the move, but it may not be the winning move. Right? right? It's a technique. It's only a technique, but it doesn't automatically say that a win has taken place. Right. That has more to do with who is in control, where is the body in space, and yeah, really, it comes down to control. Who's in control of himself and moving forward and who is not? Right. And that's really hard to see And in only the really called when it's super duper close. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah, it's it's not only about who touches down right. first or, you know, who falls to the ground first. Other things are being talked about, which right. which, you know, is an interesting challenge when you think about it. And and yeah. it re- requires that your judges have a lot of experience in the sumo world to be able yeah. to understand when at what point someone might be losing control. Well, it's interesting too when you think of like the times that you've seen guys backwards spin on top of each other and they both are flying through the air horizontally yeah. holding onto each other. Yeah. And then they land whoever lands first, whoever's hands first is whoever's hands first. It's like they're both not in control. Well, and I'm sure they're having those discussions as yeah. they're looking at that. If two guys are throwing out Each at other, the same time, yeah. they're, they're like, okay, yeah, ne- neither one is in control. Or perhaps it looks to us, to an untrained sumo person, mm-hmm. it looks like they're both out of control, but they're not. They're actually right. leaning forward through space. Right. Um, or who initiated it. Yeah. Who initiated it and at what point and where are they losing control, which is a lot more specific than I ever realized. Yeah. And and watchful in the last move before it happens. Yeah. It's maybe not that they're, I always think they're looking at instant replay. They're looking at like the very last split second of whose hand went down, but it's yeah, but actually, they're, not, yeah. they're looking at the setup for that moment to yes. see who was, who was in charge. Yeah. And can you imagine the challenge of that? No. Yeah. And and that's why they have so many judges completely surrounding the ring and watching the tape yeah. to make sure that they get it right. Because they know that there's people like us sitting at home going, that was no! wrong. Oh, my God, that is ridiculous. That's crazy, though. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting, and yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that that clarifies a, a little bit for people who, who are like me and watching at home and being like, why why was that declared that way? I don't really get it. Yeah. No, that's really helpful. And the guys that are up in the booth, are they other oyakatas? That's a great question. A shimpan? Because a shimpan or judge is a former wrestler. I would assume so. So it must yeah. be who the former wrestler is up there who's like, no. I wonder who that who their go-to is. I mean, if I was planning it, I would have them all rotate through all of the positions. Well, yeah. Well, but yeah. That was if I was in charge. <laughs> yeah. I would also have more medical people on well, like, yeah. ringside. You yeah, know? that would be good. That would always be good. <laughs> but uh, I'd be interested to see, though, if they do rotate through. Yeah. Because like, you see them out there in their uniform, but how often do the, those guys up there rotate through? Yeah. Like how... How keen can your eyes be for that long? You can't sit there all day. Right. So you have to have people rotating in and out, but also you got to have somebody who knows how to push forward and rewind and yeah. stuff. So. Well, and you got to have more <laughs> than one set of eyes on things. Right. I mean, that's that's why they have six judges sitting on the, around the ring or whatever it is, in case one person is looking off into the distance thinking about their dinner. Right. You've got another five set of eyes watching, you know? Right. Yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Well, now I know about shinny tie tie or mm-hmm. shinny tie. Shinny tie and cushion hand. And cushion hand. Does kabaite. cushion have a kabaite? <laughs> yeah. Kabaite is kabaite. And tsukite, hand, hand contact. Yeah. Oh, S uh, T S U K I T E. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I guess that is it. Thank you for uh, covering the dead body rule and the intricacies of that. I had no idea. So a shinny tie tie to you all. And we will be back at you next week. Until then, I'm Leslie. Laurie, bye. Bye.